Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hey, we made it to the end of another week, everybody. Welcome into the show. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Bang, something falls on the desk right as we open up the podcast. I don't know if you guys heard that, but it felt emphatic. It felt at the right time, so we're leaving it in, damn it. I'm Dan Vespers, same guy, same place, tucked in the corner of my office slash bedroom slash disgusting <laughs> nook in my home, and I don't know where you guys are, but hello, wherever you may be, as the uh, great Vin Scully used to say. You can find me on Twitter for now, <laughs> at Dan Vespers. I don't know what's going to happen with social media, and I actually want to start today's show by addressing some of that stuff. Uh, because there are a few things that need to be, I guess, more of a logistical thing, I guess. So, um, I don't know how many of these Twitter stories are true. I don't know how, what it actually is going to mean. I don't. I can analyze NBA data. I can analyze watching the games on TV. I can look at boxes. I can usually read between the lines on stories about players and teams. What I don't know is what the hell is going on. At Twitter Now, if you're on Twitter and you're seeing all this stuff, you probably feel like it's going to be dead within two days. If you're just like a general user, you probably don't really care all that much. So I like this is one of those times where I don't know if the, the, the Twitter vacuum has completely skewed the way all of us are looking at this stuff or if it really is going to be dead in the next few days. Whatever the case, whatever this may all mean... We need a safety net here because a lot, a lot of what I do personally, forget sports ethos for a minute. I mean, don't forget them, like keep using them. But personally, a lot of what I've been able to accomplish in the fantasy NBA space is because of this podcast and because of social media. If you take one of those two things away, my ability to reach all of you is dramatically undercut. So here's what you guys need to know. Avid listeners of this podcast, don't worry, this show is not going anywhere. Regardless of what happens to Twitter, we will still have a Monday through Friday podcast up in your business. And like, there's even a chance that it becomes a more regular show if Twitter falls apart, because then I really am going to need more opportunities to reach out to you guys. But also, a couple things to keep in mind. Number one, the forums at sportsethos.com is something that I can check multiple times per day. They are free for everyone to use. That's not to say I'm going to be just like sitting in there answering questions all day, but I get email alerts when things are happening because I'm also one of the mods on those forums, so I need to make sure nobody's doing anything insane. That means I'm going to see stuff, and we have other pros that float through there. We have a pretty awesome set of mods that float through there. It's a community that's been building here since we kind of relaunched the forums about a month ago. So come join us, sportsethos.com slash community is that website. That's a great opportunity to just have to like chop it up. Fantasy basketball, if that's what you do on Twitter right now, that's a place where you could go. I mean, I'd love it if you guys went there now, but if Twitter does ultimately die, that's a place you could go. The other safety net is our Discord. Now for many, for multiple years now, the Discord for Sports Ethos has been for premium subscribers only. 
What we've done in the last 15 hours is open up read-only free Discord channels. Meaning the premium subs still get all the really juicy stuff, access to the pros, instant reaction threads, all that cool stuff. What we've opened up are free read-only rooms that would basically be the news feed, which is Ethos Fantasy BK. So as fantasy news breaks, that's where it would get posted. There's a free read-only room where we would post Ethos articles, free or paid, whatever they may be. They'll all go drop in in there and podcast links. So if like if you've been relying on clicking on Twitter links to listen to some of our Ethos shows, that's where those would go as well. So please do get yourself in there. Now, we're not posting anything in there right now because Twitter's still alive and functional. Everything is fine for the moment. I pray, I hope that everything remains fine, but this is a hammock. This is an emergency backup plan in case it crashes. And that's all you need to do right now is just get in our Discord and you'll be a free member if you drop in there. If you have a premium subscription, uh, once you're in there, you should definitely hit me up or one of the other mods so you can get those premium channels turned on. But if you're just a regular user that's been enjoying everything that Ethos and myself, we've done on Twitter, get in there. The join link is all over Twitter right now. Uh, and I'm going to put it in the description of this podcast, that join link, to get into our Discord, okay? And each one of those lasts for a few days, so it should be good, I would think, over the weekend. I don't know for sure. Sometimes their stuff times out. Uh, but that's going to be in the description of this podcast you're listening to right now. So you go to the description. There's that Discord join link. Hop on in there. Again, there's nothing for you to do once you're in there. This is a great way for you to make sure that you have an opportunity. You have a connection to fantasy news fast if something does happen to Twitter. In the meantime, I'm still over there at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Let's get into the news of the week. We got ads, drops, holds, super streamers, watch list, buy, sell, all that good stuff. Actually, I don't know if I have any buys this week. Whatever, it doesn't matter. We'll start with the ads because that's everybody's favorite part of the week. The ads of the week. For the second time on this board, Alexei Pokushevsky. He's had a little bit of a weird week. Minutes kind of up and down as he got blasted by some tougher opponents. But overall, that's a guy that you can see the Thunder are trying to get into ball games more. That's the important part. They want his minutes higher. It's not like a total roulette wheel anymore. Now it's, okay, this is something we are actively working towards, and we should be a part of that. Ben Simmons is on the ad list. He did get dropped in some places, and rightfully so. He's been horrible, but he's starting to look a little bit more like himself. He had a really nice ball game on Thursday. Uh, you know, 9-cat, there's always going to be some issues, but if he gets back to not the, the like, superstar level Ben Simmons, which I think was, was that 2018, 2019? We have to go all the way back to that one. What year was that? No, he was 72 that year. It might've even been sooner. Was it 17, 18 when he was like a top 30 guy? Oh man, it's been a long, long time. He was top 50. Yeah, maybe that's the year I'm thinking of. He was top 50, 2017, 18. I don't think he's ever going to be that guy again. He was 16, eight and eight with 2.6 defensive stats and 55% from the field. I think there is a chance that you see Simmons... Oh, you know what? 1920, the COVID year, was his big one. That was when he had 2.7 defensive stats and shot 58% from the field. So th that's probably not happening. 
especially now with the news that Kyrie is likely back on Sunday. I think you're probably looking more at the 18-19 version of Simmons, that top 75, 2.2 defensive stats, a guy that's going to drill you a bit at the free throw line, but if he can give you like 15-7-7, that puts him inside the top 100, probably inside the top 80-90 range, and that's a guy that should be on fantasy teams. So as much as I really dislike these punt foul shooter types, uh, he's doing this other stuff. That's enough. Bones! Bones has been real good lately, so he probably already got added. And that's, again, the, the downside of this sort of news of the week thing that we do on Friday. Some of the news is going to be a little bit old. However, both Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are in protocols, so it's going to be bones to the moon. 20-some-odd points is well within reach over the next couple of ballgames for him. He's an ad regardless because he was starting to turn it on You know, the last two weeks. He's maybe missed a couple games in there himself, uh, but he's at like 19-4-3. Good foul shooting. Field goal percent has been better. Field goal percent might be not great without Jokic there to, to move things around and you know now probably having to deal with starting units and so forth, but he's very much an ad, and I don't think any of you guys are sitting back listening to the pod and arguing with that point. Larry Nance Jr., we talked about him a bunch the last 10 days, but he's been terrific. Top 75 the last two weeks, basically the last three weeks after getting off to that tough start. He's top 60. Outstanding run here for Nance, and that's in 24 minutes per ballgame. That's always been the beautiful thing with Nance. You know, if he plays 30 minutes a night, he's going to get hurt. He can go top 40 in 30 minutes a night. But we don't need him there. We need him at 24, 25. That's a top 70 fantasy player. And he's got terrific rest of season appeal. I'm only upset that I only got him in like one or two spots, which is so very unlike the Dan Vespris, Larry Nance connection that's been going on for so long. It's very upsetting. That's a guy we've been pumping for years on this pod, and I didn't get him everywhere. Damn it. I'm viscerally ill that I didn't get him in more spots. And then Mason Plumley is the other one, who I, may, I admit I've been kind of slow to, to go full buy-in on Plumley, but he has been, you know, top 70, top 80 last couple of weeks. Uh, the steals and blocks have been up a little bit for him, and I think that's that's one of those spots where you're looking at it like, okay, does this is this really something that can stick for him? And the answer is probably not. Even with the higher minutes, he's not what you'd call like a traditional big steals, big block guy. But over the last three games, he's at one and one. He's also shooting 77% over that stretch, and he's made all of his foul shots. So things are kind of artificially inflated. But, you know, he's a 10 rebound or a 10 point, 10 rebound, three assist kind of center. And if you keep him off the foul line, and if he can somehow sort of bumble his way into a steal and a block, that gets him into that 80 to, to 100 range where he was a couple years ago. And that's kind of best-case scenario for Plumley, but, like, maybe it sticks. I don't know. I honestly have no idea what Charlotte's going to do right now because they're probably down both of their point guards that they want to be using, so Thea Maladone might be getting a bunch of minutes. And is that the type of thing that hurts Plumley? I, I think probably does. But right now, while he's hot and he's getting extra minutes, he needs to be in lineups. We have to be ready to react to the sort of weird stuff that's happening before us, and that's one of it. Drops of the week. I'm going to put Jalen Smith back on there. I know you guys got mad at me about this, but he is just not close right now. And it's not as though he doesn't have a chance to be close. He's 
sitting right around the edge of the top 200. His percentages are a train wreck. And he's getting 20-some-odd, 24, 25, 26 minutes a ball game. So it's not really that Miles Turner is in the way. That's the story for Isaiah Jackson. Now, with Jackson, you can make a really obvious case. He's playing 18 minutes, and he's top 150. You give him even four more minutes, he's a fantasy start. With Jalen Smith, it right now doesn't seem like any number of minutes is going to make a difference because the percentages are so bad. He's hit, like, full punt percent mode. I just can't advocate for that. And, it again, it doesn't feel like it's because there's something blocking him besides just the fact that his team hasn't been that bad, and so he doesn't get unfettered run. I think I put Colin Sexton on this list last week, but we'll put him back on there. Um, we held, and that's fine. I say we. Again, I want to make very clear, he was not a target, but if you had him... You had to hang on to see what his role would be. And as long as the Jazz keep winning, it's kind of the same story we just talked about with Indy. As long as they're not tanking, it's not just going to be the Sexton Fest. I got to be careful how you present that one with a last name like Sexton. So I think you can move on there. Um, he really needs like a solid 30, 28 to 30 minutes every game to be the fantasy guy you'd want him to be. And that does not appear to be in the cards. And then the last one is any Nets guard you've been kicking around, whether it was Thomas or Curry or Joe Harris or Utah Watanabe, who's more of a forward but was really, really good last night. All of these guys are about to take a back seat to Kyrie Irving, who will likely be back for the Nets' next ball game on Sunday when they head home. And then he and KD are going to get all the shots again, and Royce O'Neal's going to do all the dirty work stuff again, and Nick Claxton's going to do all the big man stuff again. And that is as far as you need to go with the Brooklyn Nets. I almost called them the New Jersey Nets there. Did I actually? I might have. I might have done it and just not even heard it in my head. It doesn't matter. Quickly here, I want to remind you guys to check out our buddies at ThriveFantasy.com and the Thrive Fantasy app. Prop up. Pick 10 of the 20 props on your daily contest and have success with them. Take home cash. And for a limited time, sign up with the promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, and get a 100% deposit match bonus up to $250. But don't do it alone. Take our DFS team in there with you. Those guys, Keith and crew, Harris, Keith and crew, will guide you to what their favorite Thrive props may be. It's a really, really easy way to win. First of all, all DFS, our DFS pass is $5 a month, which is like a 30th of what most websites charge for a DFS subscription. And they're giving you like four of their favorite Thrive plays in addition to DFS lineups every day. But look, I hate DFS. I'm saying it out loud. Sorry, guys, if you like it. I don't fault you. If you're good at it, have at it. I'm not. I don't like it. I don't like doing that getting cute stuff on a night-to-night basis. But props and betting... I understand, and Thrive manages to blend the two in a holy matrimony of money-winning goodness. So go to ThriveFantasy.com, prop up with promo code ETHOS, and get that sweet deposit match bonus. The holds of the week, this is a short list also. This, this week was not as uh, impactful outside of the super streams, because that's where everything is right now. But the holds right now, the two Isaiahs, we just talked about Jackson I actually did drop him in one spot. I don't think anybody's going to pick him up in like a kind of shallow head-to-head league. Not until the Pacers look like they're ready to move their guys. I mean, they they were ready to move him before the year, but they've gotten off to a good start. The Lakers have gotten off to a terrible start. So, like, what's the 
what's the impetus now? But I still think you should, in most situations, hold on Jackson. Hold on Hartenstein is a much easier thing to tell you guys to do because he's still getting minutes. He's just been sort of weirdly disengaged the last couple of games. And so despite that, he's played in 15 games this year. He's been durable. He's still inside the top 100 on a per-game basis. And he should likely trend up because his per-minute numbers have actually been kind of low lately. And the last one is Jared Vanderbilt. There's There's been a ton of pushback on the Vanderbilt front, and he's been slowed lately. He's fallen just outside the top 100 at number 103. Uh, it's been a little bit similar to this to the Hartenstein thing going on, but for Vanderbilt, free throw number has been really low. I think that's something that probably does tick ever so slightly in the right direction. Um, and 24 and a half minutes is something that I think could also very slowly pick up for him. He's probably... Now, I got a little bit overexcited when I thought he had a chance to go, like, top 65, top 70 early this year. He's probably more like an 80 to 100 range guy, and that's a guy you should hang on to, unless you don't need this the that very fun steals-rebound-field-goal-percent combo, but most teams do. Those are, those are hard steals, not as much, but rebound-field-goal-percent are... That, that's been kind of a hard combo to locate this year. Let's do the watch list before the super streams because the super stream list is ridiculous and it's changing by the moment because as we're on air here, uh, Chris Boucher got ruled out with flu-like symptoms, non-COVID illness. Malcolm Brogdon got ruled in for the Celtics. Wendell Carter Jr. got ruled in for the Magic. Oh, Gordon Hayward got upgraded to questionable, so he's close. And then half the Heat are all on the shelf right now. So it's... It's Superstream City, uh, but we'll get to that in just a second. First, the watch list. Jalen Williams is on my watch list in Oklahoma City. He's definitely not at pickup level yet, and you know he might not get there all year, frankly, but we need to be keeping an eye on him. Just in terms of, like, what's a name you need to look at the box score at the end of every day? Not to, like, you don't need to watch every minute of that game. That That's not where he's at with this, but just make sure you don't skip checking on what he did on a given night, and then if you see something good, really make sure you check the following time. This is like a I-need-to-see-it-two-or-three-times kind of list. Kevon Looney is on the watch list. He's another one where I kind of like need to see it a few times. We've seen his minutes trend up a little bit outside of a couple of blowout games, but the real issue for Kevon is that he needs to find a way to get a steal or a block. His steals and blocks have been almost non-existent, and as much as I like the field goal percent, and the super low turnovers and the rebounding and the passing out of the center spot, you gotta get a block. If you're a starting center playing 24 minutes a game, you gotta get to a block unless you're doing some other stuff that's really, really good. And he's not. So that's why he's on the watch list and not on the ads board. Brandon Clark is on the watch list, and we frankly might have our answer on Brandon Clark in a few hours tonight. He's been horrible all season long until the last ball game, where despite Steven Adams being healthy enough to go, Clark got most of the minutes. Now, the question I need answered, and this game might might answer it, is was this because JJJ was back and it changed the way that the Grizzlies could play? Was having JJJ out there unlock Brandon Clark in a way that Santi Aldama did not? Like, they needed the, the rebounding of Steven Adams. They needed the screen setting of Steven Adams. They needed that toughness where, you know, if JJJ's out there, Maybe he brings that in a way that Aldama does not. 
Because Santi's not getting in there and, like, beating everybody up. J.J. Day's a pretty big dude. Not like he's not Steven Adams big. Is anybody in the NBA? But you catch my drift. So we'll find out soon. Like, obviously, Adams is still the starter. But how they shuffle minutes tonight. Watch that one closely. I don't know that you need to watch, like, the action develop. Um, it's useful. It's always useful. But you can usually get a pretty good feel by, you know, watching the way the score is going even if you were just watching like the the play-by-play on your computer screen, does Brandon Clark get 23, 24 minutes or more? And now does this become more of a center timeshare as opposed to Adams more like 30 and Clark more like 18? Does that shift five, six minutes in Brandon's direction? Because he all he really only needs about 22 minutes to be a fantasy startable dude. We've seen it a million times. But he ain't getting that right now. So far. Also on the watch list, uh, John Conchar. I don't think he's going to get all the way to 12-team level. Uh, but he might. He really might. It's, it's He's like, what did I use the two days ago, the word I used? He's going to nuzzle up against 12-team value because he refuses adamantly to shoot the basketball. You know, He's P.J. Tucker-esque. He'll be out there for 32 minutes and he'll take four shots. That's unfortunate because the other stuff he does is really nice. So far this year, in about 27 minutes a game, Conchar is at six rebounds and a steal and 1.4 three-pointers. Please get involved, John, because it really would only take like one to one and a half additional shots per game to go along with, you know, three extra minutes, four extra minutes, and the, and the rebound that comes with it to get him inside the top 100. And then suddenly you're talking 12-teamer. But if he doesn't shoot... And all we get with the extra minutes is an extra rebound and a half. That's probably not enough on its own. But he's so freaking close. He's so close. And Desmond Bain's going to be out for a little while here. So, you know, we can dream. We can hope. Maybe he will start to do a little bit more. But it just doesn't seem like it's in his DNA. At least not right now. And Malik Monk is on the watch list. I need to do, like, a little bit of a victory lap on this one um, because a bunch of you guys on Twitter were like, hey, Dan, I'm picking up Terrence Davis because it's go time. And I was like, eh, I think the Kings are going to go hot hand if Keegan Murray sits because that's the way it felt in the last one. Will it be Malik Monk? Will it be Terrence Davis? Will it be Davion Mitchell? Well, Terrence Davis went big in the first one. Malik Monk went big in the second game. Well, Keegan got hurt early in the first one. So we're just going to call him out for that one. He might be back in the next ball game, and all this might end up taking a back seat, but it also, to me at least, is a little bit too frightening. I would say, you know, whoever's starting has the better shot at it, and that was Davis in the Kings win on Thursday. But if you're asking me if I'm willing to start either of those guys in a Roto Games cap format, the answer is no. I don't have enough confidence. But you can throw it on a watch list. This is like a de facto watch list. Before we get into the super streams, it's manscaped.com time here on the podcast, which does not mean that I'm going to manscape on the podcast. It means I'm going to remind you guys that our promo code is ethos20 to get 20% off and free shipping on whatever you may enjoy at manscaped.com, including but not limited to, and I need to use them today because my thumbnails are getting ridiculous, the shears. 2.0. That's the luxury nail kit over at Manscaped. They've got that awesome sideburn trimmer. Again, I don't know if they're pleased with the way I'm doing this read, but I actually love the Lawnmower 3.0 more than the 4.0. 
The 3.0 is, the, uh, in my opinion, the best sideburn trimmer ever made. Or the best hair trimmer. I don't know what the correct nomenclature is there. So at least go check that out. Manscaped.com. They've got all sorts of stuff. Uh, ear and nose hair trimmers. They've got uh, lotions, shaving gels, deodorants, powders, shaving mats, travel bags, boxers, chapstick. I used a Manscaped chapstick on my son. Uh, it's cold out these days. Kid was first time we've seen him like lick his lips a bunch of times playing with his buddies. Yep. And he said, oh, dad, this smells good. Yeah. Minty fresh. Manscaped.com chapstick. That's in there, too. Ethos 20, 20% off free shipping at Manscaped.com. Go use the code. Do it to it. All right, let me give you, I don't have any buys this week, but I do have a couple of sells this week, and it's going to be a lot harder this morning because my hope was that Kawhi Leonard was going to come back and have a good ball game his first time around. He didn't. Kawhi Leonard stunk yesterday, but he did play 24 minutes, so it's possible you could sell on him just announcing being back. Real shame of it, of course, is that, again, like, we had about a three-hour window between Kawhi being announced as returning and then him not playing very well. That would have been the time to sell it. And you heard Brew talk about it on yesterday's podcast. He called it the reverse buy low, or was it the reverse sell high? That's kind of what you probably need to wait for now, is wait for him to have a couple of slightly better ball games, then try to get out from underneath it. Or if he's extra terrible here, maybe you could still buy very, very low. Someone that waited on him all this time, they get frustrated a second go-round. It's tough. After, you know, the fact that he was bad yesterday and his return makes this one a lot harder. And then Benedict Matherin's another one on the list because right now his his perceived value is hyper-inflated by the fact that he's hitting almost three threes a game and scoring 20 points. But he's done... Like, really nothing else. Free throws have been solid, I suppose. But turnovers are a little bit high. You know, his assist-to-turnover ratio is less than one. 2.3 turnovers, 2.1 assists. He's not rebounding. No steals and blocks. I mean, no steals and blocks. And as fun as he has been, from a reality standpoint, fantasy-wise, he's a positive in three categories, and he's a negative in six. But you might be able to move him just because he's scoring 20 points a ballgame. I think that's a sell high. He might be a sell all season long just because he's scoring. That's the power of the point per game category in fantasy. Some folks just lose sight of everything else. All right, lightning way through our super streams here. Dennis Smith Jr., if he plays, would be one, but it sounds like he's doubtful. That's the news of the morning, so do I trust the Omaladone? Nah pass over that one. Mo Bamba would have been a super stream, but now it seems like Wendell Carter Jr. is coming back. So, wiping a few off the board here. I do the list, and then the news comes out, and I'm like, well, why did I do the damn list? Here's one that appears to still be in play, and that's the very meh super stream that is Chuma Okiki. Don't expect more than about two steals and a three-pointer. Anything else? Gravy. Couple of big ones here. Max Struess. No Jimmy Butler. No Bam Adebayo, most likely. He's doubtful. No Tyler Hero. The Heat are going to the Skeleton Crew tonight. So Struess is going to get a boatload of shots. Caleb Martin, who seems, I believe he said he was going to play. That was the latest report on him. Obviously, that could change over the course of the day. But he's had a couple of good games in a row. And they're going to need him to do a bunch again. I think you can super stream Caleb Martin. 
The Heat are a great spot to get backups right now. Chris Boucher was going to be a super stream, but he's sick. So take him off the board. But no Boucher means even more Thad Young. There's really almost no excuse for Thad not to play 28 or more minutes in this ballgame. And we know new, like, Thad 2.0, which is Thad since he got traded to Chicago a couple years ago, Thad 2.0 puts up a bunch of fantasy stats in 28 minutes a game. It used to be that he needed 30. Yeah, he was one of the, he was the Marvin Thad guy, where it was like, all right, well, he'll just plot along. He plays 30 minutes, he'll get 12 points and seven rebounds and a steal and a half. Now, give him 28 minutes, he probably goes for 12 points, eight rebounds, three and some odd assists, a steal and a half, maybe even a three-pointer. Like, when Thad t- learned how to pass, they could start calling him Thadgic. It's magic. Thad and magic put together. They started calling him that, and uh, I don't know. Gave me a chuckle, because, you know, we've been big Thad fans for a long time. Then he vanished in Toronto, and now they gotta use him. Meanwhile, Derek White was gonna be a super stream, but it sounds like Malcolm Brogdon is back, so take him off the list. Trey Murphy could be a super stream if Zion misses this ballgame. Javon Carter has been a super stream with Drew Holiday out. Oh, by the way, latest we got an update on, on Marcus Smart. Apparently, he did not participate in shoot-around. That update came out about 30 minutes ago, and I didn't see it until just now. So maybe you get Derek White back on the board. But certainly, Malcolm Brogdon, if he plays, gets a nice bump also. Now Marcus Smart being out sort of changes... It doesn't really change the the Derek White part, but it does... Now you're looking at Brogdon and going, all right, well, one of these guys is going to have to start. I think they'll probably start White and have the Brogdon scoring punch off the bench, but we shall see. Campaign possible super stream if CP3 is still out. Bruce Brown super stream with Nikola Jokic out. Remember, Bones is in the ads department, so he was already ready to go. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, Killian Hayes, he's he's there. Um, it's hard to call it a super stream. Kind of the same way I feel about calling Chuma Okiki a super stream. Chuma's been number 105 over the last week as a super stream. And Killian has been 98 over that same stretch without Cade in there. Uh, luckily, the defensive stats for Hayes have been so high that you, you really haven't needed anything else. So we'll go ahead and put him on the board here. And then Marvin Bagley, I think, probably does qualify. I know he had a bad first opportunity uh, without Isaiah Stewart. But he got into foul trouble, and then he just didn't play all that well in the second half. I think he'll be better in this sort of next go-round for Marvin. And I just, I don't know what they, like, Jalen, oh, you know what? Add Jalen Duran to the watch list. I don't know why he, why I didn't have him there. He's almost an ad. He got 25 minutes. Some of that was Bagley foul trouble. Some of it was just him kind of outplaying Bagley for stretches. Very curious about Detroit's next ball game. I don't know that you need to use either of those guys, but Bagley should be added and probably benched for a game while we wait to see what shakes out. And then Duran, you probably just like keep an eye on it for at least one more. If he gets 20-some-odd minutes again, then, you know, freaking have at it. Right? He's very close. That many minutes is enough. That many minutes is enough. And now the look-ahead, because it's a big Friday, but we're going to look ahead at, at the entire weekend. We'll give you a quick glance at all 30 teams and what we're hoping to find out over this Friday, Saturday, Sunday stretch of games. 
We'll just start with tonight and work our way forward. Miami, Washington. Well, with Miami, we already know half the team is out, so that's the only thing you're really tracking there. Charlotte, Cleveland. Uh, LaMelo out. Dennis Smith Jr., doubtful. Gordon Hayward might get back in the mix. You'll have uh, some roster shuffling to do later on tonight, if indeed that's the case. Hayward was is kind of a weird one. Um because his rank, I think, belies actually how good he he actually was. He's ranked, like, outside the top 150. But a lot of that is because he just hasn't shot the free throw well so far this year. And his last ball game, remember, he left really early. Because he was up around 24-4 and four for a stretch with almost a steal. And that really should be enough if the free throw comes around. His ranking is, like, kind of an odd mirage. We talked about it before. If you're basically league average in almost every category, that puts you in the 60 to 70 range. And he's league average or, like, he's slightly above in points, slightly below in threes, slightly above in assists, slightly below in rebounds, slightly below in steals. Okay, blocks, he hasn't been very good. But then free throw's been kind of the weird one because that's usually one of his big positives And that's really all you need to do. If his turnovers get down into the low twos and the free throws come back up into the mid-80s, like that's the only changes you'd need from Hayward, and he rockets up inside the top 100. So uh, despite his low rank, there's a little bit of a number goofing going on there. Um, And I guess like if he's good to go, I would probably just start him. Cleveland, you're, you're again... Injury report. It's like injury report with every damn team these days. Jared Allen, get in there. Does it matter? From a replacement fill-in Milwaukee you're just watching to see if Drew's back and if you got to bench Javon Carter and then drop him Philly there's an actual story to keep track of and that's DeAnthony Melton who they keep bouncing him around and he keeps trying to find his place with whatever unit they're dropping him into I think they'll probably leave him on the bench let him be kind of a, a lead orchestrator of that bench unit he was starting to find himself in that role prior to to the Harden injury, but let's keep an eye on that. He's definitely a hold in every respect, especially because once he finds that that gig, once he finds what he's supposed to be doing, you know, he can kind of run things when Embiid is not on the floor. He and Tyrese Maxey. Indiana, not much. Houston, eh, not really much going on there either. Oklahoma City, there's always something. You're watching Poku's minutes, make sure that they stay okay, and if you if they aren't, Make sure we understand why. And on that last ball game, his minutes were low because he got trucked by big opposing front courts, and that's a fear. And I mean, that could happen here in Memphis too. JJJ, Poku's squaring off with Jaron Jackson Jr. for stride. I mean, this it could get weird. What if he ends up switched on to Stephen Adams? He could. I mean, Stephen Adams could pick that dude up with one arm. He could. He could curl him. Keep an eye on Jalen Williams' minutes, too. I don't know. This feels like it could be a weird, it could be a low-minute game for Pokashevsky, which I guess means if somebody drops him after that, maybe you could scoop him, but we'll see. Memphis, you're tracking Brandon Clark and, you know, what the JJJ minutes mean for him. Orlando, Gary Harris is likely back. I don't think that does much besides just gum up the works a little, and maybe that's a reason to shy off on the Chuma Okiki stream because does Gary Harris slot in? as the starter, or does he come off the bench and just kind of screw with the minutes? I mean, that may be a reason to back off. I mean, that like, that stream wasn't that great anyway, and if we have more clutter, 
that would be a reason to play it safe. The reason we use these super streams is because we think we have a decent shot to get like top 80, top 75 game level value or better. And if something could muck with that, I don't want to do it. I'd rather play it safe, especially when you consider, what did I do? 10, 11 super streams right now? Like, we don't need to drop somebody in there. There are plenty of these guys out there to make up games played on the Roto side. Chicago, nothing. Denver, no Jokic, no Jamal Murray. Who's going to get sick on that team next? It feels like someone else is right around the corner. But for now, Aaron Gordon, KCP, Bones, uh, Michael Porter Jr., those guys are are going to have no choice but to take a bunch of shots. And uh, that's good. Although without Jokic and Murray, those shots might not be as open. So we'll see. It's a It's a balancing act. Nothing with Dallas. Ah, no, that's not true. You know what? Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, he's had a couple of decent ball games in a row. If this is the time when he starts to wake up, that would be swell because I think he's basically been dropped in like half of leagues. And he's been top 100 over the last week. But that's the game where he hit seven three-pointers. We need consistency, and that hasn't really been there yet. Boston, you're watching the point guard and shooting guard stuff. We already talked about it, Derek White. Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart, all that good stuff going on. New Orleans, Zion status is kind of the only thing up in the air and what that means for Trey Murphy, who, again, like, Trey Murphy has slotted into this if-anyone-is-out kind of thing. So maybe, certainly on the Roto side, he's a guy you could just keep on your bench because it seems like someone is hurt on New Orleans every single ball game, meaning that, you know, Trey Murphy gets to start. If he ends up starting half of their games, he'll be... Uh, inside the top 100, which I guess also makes him a pretty useful head-to-head player, especially if he's out there and, like, the guy who's not hurt on that team. In any event, uh, Phoenix, I'm not watching Torrey Craig. I mean, we know, we've we've played this game long enough to know that Craig will have a good one, a bad one, a good one, a bad one, sometimes two bad ones, sometimes two good ones, but it never evens out to enough good ones. Whereas, just be ready to campaign for campaign. You get him into your lineup, get him out of your lineup. Injury stuff. Like, the, what a pain. That game starts at 6 Pacific tonight. So just, like, set your clocks on a lot of these things. Who we get in, who we get out from these super streams. Utah, not much. New York. This one I'd kind of like to watch a little bit. Hardenstein feels like the right center to deal with Golden State. But then at the same time, like, maybe they go to Obi Toppin. And just go ultra small. Try to spread it out a little. We shall see. Nothing for the Warriors other than we already talked about Kevon Looney kind of watch list level. Detroit, Jalen Duran watch list. That's that's a pretty important. What does Marvin Bagley do against the Lakers? That's a bad matchup if he's the starting center against Anthony Davis. But we'll see. LeBron might be back for LA. That would be crazy fast. I thought for sure he'd miss at least through this weekend. But uh, good sign if the, uh, if the big dude is healing up fast. Flipping the clock over to Saturday. We're getting towards the end of the podcast here. Um, it's Toronto. We already talked about how uh, Boucher's sick. That's, boy, he's been ruled out early, huh? Dang, he must be way under the weather. Yowza. I didn't even realize we're, we're talking a full day in advance already. Atlanta, nothing. I mean, Toronto really is just how much Thad. How much Thad can we get? Orlando Indy, we've talked about that. Minnesota, nothing. Philly, covered him. Utah, covered him. Portland, nothing. Spurs, getting towards the end of their five-game week. 
do we get Keldon Johnson back in there? Kata Bates' job turned out to be uh, kind of a useful sub for for Keldon. Bates' job played 31 minutes at 16-4-2 with a steal and a block. Is it safe enough to use a second time? Eh. I don't know, man. I mean, at least we know who's filling in. Like, if you're if you're strapped for a streamer, that's probably more someone I would consider on the head-to-head side because, like, you're not using up a games cap there and then the Spurs go back-to-back. Maybe Keldon plays in one of those two and you get a good one and a bad one out of Bates' job in the back-to-back. It's probably worth it. Clippers play Saturday, and, you know, we. what does Kawhi Leonard do? My guess is he'll be at 24 minutes again. I don't think they bumped that up for at least a week, but I certainly hope he plays better the second time around. And then does anybody not go Friday or Saturday this week? I think the answer is Sacramento. But we've already talked about them. Um, you know, it's Malik Monk, Terrence Davis kind of watch list fodder. Is either of those guys going to be good enough while Keegan Murray's out? And is Murray even out long enough for it to matter? And I think that's the only team that actually doesn't go Friday or Saturday. And if I forgot yours, sorry. If I did 29 out of 30 and just, you know, I quit. (laughs) All right, we're tired. Voice is tired. I actually have a whole bunch of play-by-play to do over the next couple of days, so I better rest the pipes for a couple of hours here. Thanks for listening to another week of Fantasy NBA Today. I will remind you all once again uh, to please go to the forums at sportsethos.com. You can get a lot of stuff done over there. And get into Discord. The link in the description of this podcast. A failsafe. Emergency failsafe over in Discord. Just in case. For now, Twitter lives on. And I hope I'll be able to say that again on Monday. I really do. We've spent way too much time building up a really good operation on social media for that thing to come crashing down. I'm Dan Baspers. Have a great weekend, everybody. Reverse chronological lightning round Monday on the other side of this couple-day break. We will talk to you then.